everybody welcome to the show turn this off uh welcome to episode 113 i hope all is well for everybody uh i'm not that great right now i mean i'm getting over a flu or the flu and you know my throat is just a little yeah some coughing and shit but and then my depression is my depression, so that ain't helping. But overall, I'm kicking, I'm here. Um, we're just uh, living it up. Um, so haven't done one in a while, and uh, I'm glad to get one done, and, you know, hopefully it'll boost up my spurts. So let's just get to the next guest, shall we? Alright guys, we're back. Uh, for you guys, it'll seem like it's just one week, but I actually haven't done one of these in a while, and uh, even at the time of uh, our next guest, I wasn't even really looking for a new guest bullet. Don't jump on stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I really wanted to tell her story, and she's a really nice person, and um, yeah, I uh, just want to give you a quick disclaimer. Uh, I am getting over the flu, so... You may hear me chewing on a cough drop, and, and you know, my voice may not be the same. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so our next guest, like I said, I found her on a Facebook group, and uh, she reached out and told me a little bit about her story, so I wanted to uh, have her on. So uh, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit uh, about yourself? Sure. My name is Kathy. Um, I am a retired RN uh, on disability, and... So I don't really want to, um, you know, put my full information out there. Right, right. Although I am retired now, um, I'm still on the, you know, a, a member of the nursing board. So, um, you know, I I have to be careful about that. But um, <clears throat> my um, I have a left arm amputation. Um, I've had it since. 2009 and it was due to um, IV drug use yeah she was telling me this and, and actually you know the irony of it is my mom is also she is a nurse currently uh, in Philadelphia and um, she gets a, a lot of people obviously with drug problems and um, but one, <laughs> one, one of the things that I've gotten many times because of dealing with my uh, depression and all that. And when I was in my worst of days with my, uh, like anxiety, my panic attacks, I would go to the emergency room a lot. And then she's a nurse there, but I also know half the people that work there as well because they went to school with her. Um, sure. and it get it gets very frustrating when you go for mental health issues because they automatically have to test you for drugs. And I've never done drugs in my life other than stuff that was prescribed to me. Um, and but yeah, I mean they they do so much blood work and they don't believe you because they just think you're crazy or or or, or what have you. Yeah. And it's, well, it's all related to drugs a lot of times. Is what they think it is anyway. I have um, since about the first year or so after the amputation, um, I've been very open and honest with my doctors. Um, maybe before that, I don't even know. But um, you know, I just I remember telling my doctor well no I, actually it was it was over a year um, my surgeon that did my amputation saw a um, needle mark in my arm <clears throat> and asked me about it and I told him that we had um, student nurses and that we let him practice on us right. so you know and that is not unheard of right I thought that was a good but, excuse when you told me that one Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it worked. Um, so, um, Bef before you go on, can we, can we like go to like at least the beginning of it? Cause we're kind of skipping sure, a certain part. Sure. What was it that made you want to get on drugs? And then obviously what kind of drugs were you taking? Um, I initially, um, well, long, long ago, <laughs> back in my, um, Oh, I had just turned 18 and I met my first husband and he was a junkie and a Vietnam veteran. And I was way younger than him, you know, mm. and, um, 
and I fought him tooth and nail on it. I would allow him to take pills. I would take pills. Um, but the needle was a whole different thing to me, you know. And um, so eventually divorced him over that and, you know, stealing and blah, 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 you know. <clears throat> Little did I know <laughs> that many years later I would do the same thing. Um, my, um, um, let's see, when I got married the second time, um, our marriage lasted for 32 years, but <clears throat> this was back in, oh, uh, let's see, we'd probably been married about 20 years, maybe something like that. And, um, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, but, um, things had gone bad. You know, it, it wasn't an affair, um, on his part. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a total incompatibility. <clears throat> and, um, so, um, we started having marital issues and I got on, um, uh, Ativan, which didn't help. So I moved to Xanax. Yeah. Ativan, for a lot of people, that's the stuff they give you when, uh, you, they need to calm you down in the emergency room. A lot of times that's what they end up giving. Yeah. You. Yeah. They'll give that IV, but, um, right. the, the Xanax was through my doctor. Um, and that doctor was just a friend of mine. I, I um, had known her through my daughter's um, friend. And, um, you know, she was my doctor, my physician at the time. Um, <clears throat> and that was, you know, that was fine. I didn't get on any pain pills or anything like that through her. Um, I started working at a local hospital. And I knew the doctors. You know, and, um, and they trusted me and I trusted them. I had broken my ankle about, let's see, in 94, I think it was. And that was before I started nursing school. So, um, and that was, you know, that was causing me a lot of pain when I was walking and, you know, concrete floors and, all that, and um, in, in addition to the anxiety, depression from the marriage, you know. Um, that seems like kind of like a recurring theme for a lot of people when they get hooked on, especially on pills. It starts from an injury, and then they get prescribed yeah. it to, you know, numb the pain, and then they end up liking the pain or the feeling so much that they you know, exacerbate their injury even longer and say, well, it still hurts. And then at some point you're just two years or whatever into this addiction. And even when the doctor tries to get you off of it, it you end up just continuing to find ways to get it back. Yeah. The weird thing was that I had, I mean, after I broke it, um, it was a triple fracture. So, after, you know, it was pretty bad. And after I broke it, um, I got off of the medicine, you know, after... I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long they, they normally keep you on it, but, um, what was, what also, was that withdrawal like in that time um, when you were nothing, off? Nothing, nothing, no, nothing. Cause I wasn't addicted. You know, I was just taking it for pain at that time. Um, and, um, I actually opiates made me sick to my stomach. And so I, minimized it you know <laughs> and um then let's see it was years you know several years later that i graduated nursing school and and um i'm 61 by the way okay. so i i was a late bloomer <laughs> as far as college went <laughs> That's okay. but um um i walking on that ankle hurt a lot you know doing 12-hour shifts and, you know, and then in addition to, like I said, the anxiety and the depression of the marriage and, and, uh, nursing is 
uh, anxiety uh, ridden anyway, <laughs> you know, right. you've got a lot on your shoulders, but, um, and, and it's not, it's not uncommon for nurses to get addicted. Um, it's not a good thing, of course, it's not a good thing for anybody. But um, I think it's part of the reason why they had those systems. And I know because of my mom, uh, where they have like certain compartments where they it keeps track of all the all the medication that's around. Yeah. And it gets, it's it's like implemented into the system. And, and when one goes missing, even if it's one pill or something goes missing, they they pretty much know that it's gone. And that's when people that start getting that can be bypassed really easily. Um Especially, well, I, I'm not going to give away my trade secrets, but, you know, it was it was something that became a very bad habit of taking um, meds from patients, you know. Now, I, <laughs> this isn't justifying it, but I would hang on to them in case they needed them. Right. And that it would still be within their time frame of getting them, you know, so I wouldn't actually, I guess that's my way of, of justifying it, but, you know, I wouldn't actually deny a patient pain meds if they needed it, you know. Anyhow, um, in going through the things that I was going through and, um, you know, the pain and the anxiety and just, you know, just always felt like I was a wreck. And um, I had, I had given many IV pain medicines, many, many, and I had one patient in particular, and I don't know why, um, that her reaction stuck with me. But I, anytime I'd give her pain medicine, her IV pain medicine, she just, she was a real sweet girl anyway, but she would just relax, yeah. you know. And I thought, man, that's got to be nice, you know. Yeah. Well, she didn't take the whole vial. Her, her dose was not the whole vial. So um, we're supposed to waste it with another nurse, um, you know, like to... Um, document that that was not you know that was not used mm-hmm. you know in another way so but nurses are busy and you say well you know I, I gave this patient half a dose and you know I had to waste it can you sign it for me you know and they do because it, it's common you know right. <clears throat> not good <laughs> um, so I would end up with um and vials in my um, scrub pocket. I always wore my jacket, my, um, you know, my lab jacket, and um, so that they couldn't see through the, you know, through the pocket. And um, I was never caught. You know, I think that I was suspected, but never found out which is good and bad you know um at any point um i was um i had separated from my husband and technically we were back together but i was travel nursing and um i had gotten home from work and tried to shoot something that shouldn't be shot and I also hit a um, an artery that's what the uh, I eventually told the surgeon you know what happened but um, uh, that's what we figure happened is is that I hit an artery plus plus it was something that shouldn't have been injected um, so immediately immediately I had the worst pain I've ever had in my arm and um, I mean I sat there for probably about a half hour and I was trying to move my fingers and watch them turn blue and then black and 
you know, I thought, damn, I got to get to the hospital or I got to, I got, I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't thinking clearly. I, I do well in nursing emergencies, but I don't do well with my own. <laughs> so I drove myself in excruciating pain to a uh, urgent care. Like I thought they could do anything. And, um, the doctors immediately said, you know, we're calling an ambulance. We'll get your vitals. And what hospital do you want to go to? <laughs> so I just ended up with a fantastic um, um, sports medicine orthopedic surgeon as well as a um, vascular surgeon. So they gave me, I can't really remember. I think it was probably about nine or ten days to try to restore some blood flow. I had um, three or four um, um, surgeries to try to release the pressure and um, it wasn't working. So they were, you know, they were trying to to restore some blood flow below the elbow um, because it's easier to use um, a prosthetic that way. Um, but they couldn't do it. So, I mean, I was like, okay, good. I'll get pain medicine the rest of my life, you know? Mm. I mean, that was the mindset. It was, it was sort of a grief, but combined with a joy, you know? It was like, yay! (laughs) But, of course, that pain medicine stopped after a while, and that's when I went into withdrawal and um, had you had lost part of your arm yet or you, are they yeah. still work? Oh, they could. Yeah. So you, you already yeah. were aware of that happening. Yeah. That happened in October of 09 and I um, went to rehab in May. I think it was 2010, um, but I didn't stop. Right. You know, I, I came out and went right back to my doctor that I had where I was living <laughs> at the time where I was separated, you know, from my husband and, um, you know, went back in. He said, man, what happened? I said, oh, man, you know, I don't even know what I told him, but he gave me my usual uh, drug meds, you know, <laughs> um, the opiates and the benzos. And he was an actual drug doctor and I didn't know that when I moved there. Yeah. Um, I picked I picked the doctor closest to me and I went in there and I thought, holy crap, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a full parking lot, a full waiting room, you know, you pay cash. Whew. <laughs> so I I mean I felt like I hit the jackpot, you know. Yeah, I think um, that was part of one of the problems that you not getting caught at work because I think if you would have, it probably would have given you a bigger yeah. realization of obviously you would have been humiliated, but also oh yeah, y- you know my family would have been humiliated. I mean that that probably was my worst fear. Yeah, my family, you know, my family didn't know and I didn't want them to. They knew that there was something wrong, you know, but they didn't know. Uh, they didn't know what was wrong. So, um, current, uh, I did, I did end up, end up telling them, obviously. Um, and I don't know, is there anything you want to ask me between then and now? Um, well, I mean, when was it that you actually like realized you had a problem? I mean, obviously you, you kept doing it after you lost, um, your arm, but, uh, oh, I knew I had a problem long before. I'm sure that I overdosed, um, just didn't die, you know, um, when I was shooting at home, you know. Um, I would, <laughs> I'd sit on the end of my bed and turn on the TV, and this would be right after I shot. And um, the next thing I'd know, I'd wake up with my legs still on the ground, but my back on the bed, you know, <laughs> right. just, and, and 
I have back problems anyway, and that's another issue. That's another pain issue. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've I've learned to live with it, and um, now, uh, okay, yeah. Let me go back to asking: Is there anything that you want to ask me between now and then, other than knowing that I had a problem? Well, I mean, uh, well, I should ask what. Like, how much of your arm did you, you lose? Um, it's right above the elbow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's just right above the elbow. Okay. So, because the elbow, the inner elbow, which is called the antecubital, is where, um, was where I was shooting. So, anything below that, um lost blood flow and you have that uh, forgive me i forget what it's called you told me the other night where you can still feel the pain and or feel like there's a limb there oh god yeah and it's 24 7 um what's it called again phantom pain phantom pain that's right or phantom limb pain um you know um i've had it since i don't know i don't know if it started right after um, they were keeping me pretty medicated, you know, when I was still in the hospital. So, um, I wasn't feeling a whole lot, you know, except good. And, um, um, then when I left the hospital, I was still on a lot of opiates. I was still on my usual, um, or some of my usual, um, benzos and, um, you know, I never bought street drugs except, except for some weed now and then, but, um, um, you know, as, as an older adult, I never bought, bought street drugs. So, um, I don't know. It was, um, I would say I probably still used pills i never did shoot again um but i probably still use pills for another two or three years just because of availability and you know the fact that i was honest with my doctors and (laughs) so they knew that okay well she wouldn't tell me this if she you know (laughs) was still wanting drugs you know so and obviously i was in real pain Um, the surgical pain in, um, I guess probably six weeks after the phantom pain for me has, has lasted forever. (laughs) And, um, this is where I'm at right now with it. Um, I am working with three different pain doctors, but they're not, they're not, um, uh, drug doctors, you know, (laughs) they're, they're interventional specialists. So, um, the main one I started working with was, um, Andrew Porter in, um, at Chillicothe, Ohio. I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name. Um, he's wonderful, wonderful. And, um, there were some things that I had, um, researched that I wanted to try that he doesn't do. So he found me to, you know, the two doctors that do those things. And um, one of them is ketamine um, infusion, which ketamine is a, um, I guess they call it a party drug, but this is done under a, um, like it's it's almost in a like a operating room, you know, mm. and it's done under surgical or under a um, multi um, medical care, you know. Right. It, it, there's a lot of people in there, <laughs> and um, so you know, the first time I had it, it was funny. It was like um, I remember singing and laughing and they were laughing at me, you know, and um, the next thing I remember was waking up in my room and um, 
the second time I had it was a little bit less, which I've heard that it that it does lessen over time. Um, I have not had a third one yet because I moved, um, and I have to I have to you know try to reschedule everything and all that. So um, the next thing that I wanted to try was. Um, it's called um, targeted muscle reinnervation, which is TMR, and it basically takes the nerves from um, that are causing the phantom pain. Because my arm, my my phantom pain recognizes that there's a problem with my hand. Mm-hmm. it's the brain, it's the brain thing, you know, and that's what, that's what all phantom pain is. So it knows there's a problem. It's sending a signal saying, Hey, there's something big wrong, you know? And so that's why I have it. Now, some people don't have it. Um, and it just depends, you know, some people have it intermittently. Mine is pretty much all the time. So, um, it feels like it feels kind of like if your foot was asleep and waking up from a really bad, <laughs> you know, from a really bad sleep or like thousands of these things, something mm-hmm. like that. You know, it just it's a very, very, very uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's actually pain where it feels like. um like bone pain or something like that, um, you know, but most of the time it's just phantom pain, which is the nerve pain. Um, and so these doctors that I'm working with now, the, the um, TMR is, they take the nerves from the amputation and direct them to a different part a different muscle so they have a muscle to go into and um, the doctor that uh, that I'm working with now has uh, he's a um, I think it's a Navy um, retiree and um, he works for um, Ohio State University and um, he has worked for Walter Reed and doing this exact same thing. And he's also done the ketamine injections as well, but he's not licensed in Ohio yet to do those. <laughs> so um, anyway, he's, his name is Dr. Souza um, and fantastic. His um, nurse practitioner also is um, a specialist in this. And this is supposed to be a um, a really promising procedure. Yeah. It is surgical, and there is pain, and there is um, there are narcotics afterwards. But this doctor knows, and you know, he asked me about it, and I I've had multiple surgeries. I've had <laughs> since my amputation. I've had uh, four. Um, limb replacement so I can take medicine now without without overusing it um do you do you wear like some sort of prosthetic do you just leave the stump out like how do you um I um went through um occupational therapy with the prosthetic and it is since it's an above elbow it goes it has like a brace that goes around under my other armpit you know and and it holds it on supposedly but it slips a lot and it makes unpleasant sounds and um and also with a bad back it it just didn't work for me um they couldn't match my yeah it they couldn't match my skin color i have i'm a redhead and i have kind of a reddish skin tone you know and so the the closest thing they could get was pretty pale and I wore it on a plane, um, one time and 
it set off every alarm and I had to be frisked and all this stuff. And I thought, uh-uh, nope, never again. <laughs> so it's a good um, Halloween um, prop, you know. <laughs> right. I, I put uh, fake blood on it and hide it in the bushes and everything and put candy in it. And, oh, <laughs> you know, <okay. laughs> it works good. And, and most of us, most of us, most of us amputees have a great sense of humor. Yeah. Um, once we get past the, you know, the initial shock and, you know, um, just the, you know, the pain of it all and everything. So anyway, I have not, um, yet gotten to, um, this procedure, this TMR, TMR procedure, um, because of the move and, you know, just everything, <laughs> trying yeah. to work out insurance and all that. So, But it's good that you uh, still are, like, seeking a better life. Like, you're not just letting I, it go. I went on a mission last year. I, I was sick of it. I was absolutely sick of the phantom pain. And I got on this amputees group, and, you know, I found out that that was a big issue. And I thought, you know, I'll do clinical trials. I'll do anything if it helps me, if it helps anybody, because because not everything helps everybody. You know, yeah. um, the I did have good results from the ketamine, but um, it's a short term, you know, and it's also a party drug. You know, it's it, it's medicated. You know, so I want to get away from that, um, even though it's under doctor's care, yeah. you know, I want to get away from that. Um, uh, if I can, um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I live alone. I'm divorced now and, uh, I keep three dogs and myself alive every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, um, did you, that's pretty much, did you have any moments like because, and I could say this in my case with with the mental health stuff, did you have any cases where you were, like, fighting yourself in a way where you're trying to give out signs, you know, maybe like the the kid who's being kidnapped or, or a girl and she, she writes help on the window in, in her steam? Like, did, was there, like, certain parts of you, like, I know, like, when I'm in my worst cases mental health-wise, I may not come out and just tell everybody, oh, I got a problem and I'm, I'm suicidal or I'm anxious or, or whatever yeah. it is that I'm worried about, but I may have a weird post or something years ago on Facebook. And I put that out as like a, a flag for people to go, Hmm, we better go check on him. Like, did you ever really hmm. try to I've subconsciously never been suicidal? Never. No, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean, yeah. as far well, as, no, 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 just, just that. But, um, yeah. um, the, <laughs> I don't think I ever did, but I, I would text my daughter and her friend at like four in the morning, just gibberish. And they didn't know what the heck was going on, you know. And also, um, when my daughter got married um, in 2005, so, um, and that was during the time that my husband and I were separated and trying to work things out and blah, 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 you know. And um, we lived in the same, my daughter and her husband and I lived in the same city and I was getting ready to move. And we went out to eat, and she said I was singing real loud in the restaurant, falling asleep. I know I, I, I had a lot, a lot of sleep driving and got pulled over several times. But because I was a nurse, yeah, um, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't ticket me, you know. That's why a lot of, like my mom does it uh, when she needs to get to work fast. She, she leaves her stethoscope in the uh, you know, hanging off, <laughs> hanging off the mirror, um, the, you know, the rear view mirror, mirror. Cause then when the cops go to stop them, it's like, Oh, you're a nurse. Okay. I understand. Well, yeah, I would do that. Or I, I think one time I had my, I, I, I worked night shift 12 hour night. So I would come home and sleep. If I was going somewhere like out of town, I would come home and sleep for a couple hours and just leave and whatever I had on. So, I think I know one time I was leaving and uh, going to visit a friend and I had, I still had my badge on, you know, and the cop was like, man, I hate sticking a nurse. Mm. And I'm like, thank you. 
and it happened and I wrecked my car, you know, um, I, I don't know how I'm not dead or how I didn't kill somebody yeah. or hurt somebody. I didn't, you know. When did you, when did your family find out about your problem? Um, let's see. I think about a year. Well, they, they did know that I was on drugs, you know, that I had a problem. Mm. They didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't really know that I was actually quote unquote on drugs. They just knew that I had something going on. And so, um, about a year, I think after the amputation, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I told my husband, and <laughs> he said, well, you have to tell our daughter, and you have to tell your parents, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, what and was your other excuse? Because you, you did get amputated, so um, what was the other excuse you the, used? The, um, the student nurses. Oh, the you student used, oh okay, right, right, right. Yeah, drawing, drawing blood or, you know trying to hit a vein, you know, and they do that. They do that. You know, it does happen, but, um, it doesn't usually cause blood clots down, you know, in the lower arm, I, I wouldn't think, but, um, you know, the, the doctor knew my, my surgeon knew he knew he yeah. just, he just didn't, you know, he asked my family multiple times. And they all said, no, she wouldn't do that. Because they knew about my first husband. And, you know, um, but when I did tell my daughter, um, it was rough. It, it, we, we've had a rough relationship for a long time. Um, but we repaired it before she had children, which was wonderful. Because <laughs> yeah. um, when, when we first met, that was the first thing I noticed that you were... You had your arms, yeah. which come to find out was your grandchildren, and I know that's yeah. like, that's like the best part of your life right now. So that's my that's my life. Them and your puppies <laughs> and my dogs. Yeah, and my doggies. Yeah. Um, my ex husband, strangely enough, I wanted to move here like nine years ago before um, my first grandson was born. <laughs> my ex husband would not move, <laughs> and strangely enough, he moved here about four months before I did. <laughs> so, you know, but we're, we're good friends. We get along well. Um, he watches the dogs if I need him to, if I go out of town or something, you know, yeah. um, we're friends. We have no reason not to be, um, you know, I, I don't see any reason for people to be hateful to be ch to each other, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do get to keep my, my grandsons now, which I wouldn't have. Um, any other time? Um, did you did you ever blame daughter. your daughter for like wanting to oh, keep distance? Because no. obviously, yeah, I mean, she had a legit reason, and obviously, no, if she's no, going to no. bring kids into this world. She doesn't want their grandmother, you know, doing no. certain activities behind her back. No, absolutely not. No, it, everything's my fault. No. I, I don't blame my ex husband. I don't blame the doctors. I don't blame my first husband. <laughs> I don't, you know, no, nope, it was me. Um, yeah. Now, can I, can I put some blame on the depression and the anxiety? Sure. Yeah. But he's not the one that made me. No, no. I mean, I married a minister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My second husband's a minister. So, you know, it's like, nah, he, he didn't, push me to do that you know i did it myself um no i don't blame blame anybody yeah no i mean it's good that you can take a long look at yourself and be honest and not you know pass the buck on others because you could easily do that um but obviously if you were to have a relationship with your daughter and then and eventually become uh when she would have grandchildren you'd want to be in their lives you would actually have to 100 percent be sober and you would have to admit everything you did not only to her but to yourself because oh, otherwise you wouldn't be having the relationship that you have now right right well she came she came to my house one time and i had the i don't know if you know how medical marijuana is sold or anything but there's some syringes 
that you fill a um, cartridge with. Okay. And I had that out when she came in and she thought it was a, <laughs> she thought that I was shooting, you know, and I was like, Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not that. <laughs> and, you know, she knows I smoke and, um, you know, she's, she's okay with it. She doesn't want me to be, you know, too messed up. Um, it doesn't do that to me anymore. I've done it for so long. Um, is it more for the pain and just the anxiety? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, it, there are, there are pain, um, um, properties, you know, pain relief properties. Um, Ohio, well, I just said where I live. Ohio doesn't live, uh, doesn't, um, allow anxiety, uh, marijuana for anxiety for right. some reason <laughs> right. or depression. So, you're saying you know, that you're you're one of the states that doesn't have it for for medical use. Well, we have it for medical use. We oh. have it for pain. Oh, there's like oh, there's PTSD pain. You can't be prescribed uh, it for anxiety and depression. Right. Okay. Right. In some states, Which you is can. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, and and I don't understand that, but you know, at least I'm legal, and you know. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Is there, do you ever like still like yearn or, or chase that high that you used to get? Um, from weed or from? No, no, no. From, from the, you know, when you had a real problem. Oh, with do other I drugs. ever crave it? Yeah. Do I ever crave it? Sure. Sure. But like I said, I've had surgeries. I've had um, both knees replaced and I've had my only shoulder, well, my good shoulder replaced twice. Right. So, um, and that's from overuse, you know, cause I, I use it for everything. Right. <laughs> and, um, so you've been tempted many times just, you, well, you I mean, I've, there. my doctor, um, he gives a week at a time, a week of pain medicines at a time. If I were to take too many, um, by the end of the week, I'd be hurting bad. So, you know, I don't want that, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't want to be addicted again. I mean, I'm, I guess I could say I'm always an addict, right? but I don't want to be actively addicted. Right. So how long would you actually say you've been clean? I mean, minus what you had to take for surgeries, you know, from, um, from when you actually had a problem until now, how long do you think you've, like, if you had probably a- 2000 and 11. Oh, so 11 years. Yeah. That's a long well, time. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe not quite then, but pretty close. Yeah. Because I, I started back to work then. And um, I just, you know, I, I I didn't start back as a nurse. I started back as a um, an instructor for um, medical assisting. And then I lucked into a job that um, eventually led to a nursing job, a a desk nursing job. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which eventually I I did, um, you know, retire from because of multiple disabilities, not not just the arm, you know. When when you were back doing that was there any kind of guilt that you felt for you know obviously all the Um, rules you broke well of course I mean there's always guilt you know I I live with it I live with the pain I live with the guilt of doing the wrong thing because I'm not that kind of person (laughs) you know not I wasn't raised that kind of person Mm -hmm. um although I'll say (laughs) And you asked me if I'd ever blamed anybody. I don't blame them, um, but I have an older brother, and <laughs> I heard all my life how good he was and how bad I was because <laughs> I was the one. He, you know, I don't know. He he just was studious and stayed at home, and you know, I was always out running around and didn't care about school, and you know, <laughs> right. just getting into trouble and. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I played around with drinking when I was 
a kid, you know, a teenager, but, but, uh, anything further than that was, you know, didn't do, but I was, I was labeled the bad kid at home. So, you know, it, that was hard. I'd say, you know, I think that, that kind of plays with your brain a little bit. Um, and even, you know, I even told my mom, you know, I said, Mom, you know, I, I um, heard that all my life. You know, what'd you expect? <laughs> and, you know, I was kind of kidding, but but it's reality. I mean, if you beat a kid all their life, they're going to beat their kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. probably. And, you know, I mean, but I, I don't blame them. I made the decision. I made the decision to do what I did, knowing it was wrong going beyond drug use to stealing drugs from patients, you know, or from the hospital. Yeah. Sometimes so, you, sometimes you have moments where, you know, you don't really realize how much something has an effect on you until later in life. And, and it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. And something that was said in your past or whatever, kind of just like just echoes in your head. And you're just like, geez, like, yeah. that, that really did fuck me up more than I ever could imagine. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty fucked up or I was anyway. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay now. And, um, you know, I, I lost my mom back in December and, um, still have my dad. He, his birthday was, um, yesterday. And, um, so I'm happy to have them or have him. And, uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful man and he'll love me no matter what, you know, but yeah. he doesn't even like me smoking weed. He's like, you never smoke that. And I said, Dad, it's going to be legal. <laughs> he said, I don't care. <laughs> so anyway. Um, How hard do you, you try know, to like, try not to like let your addiction or your past addiction like define you? Because obviously there's times where, you know, like with your, with your daughter saw that syringe and it's like, oh, she's back to what she's doing again. Like, cause obviously you're right. Like an addict usually is always an addict, even if they, even if they're a thousand years clean. Um, but how, my daughter how, is my hardest boss. <laughs> she yeah. is, she is my hardest manager I've ever had because I take care of her kids, you know? Yeah. And, um, she's my, my last boss was really, really, really bad. But, you know, I know that I, and I love my daughter dearly, but, and I know that what she does is out of love, you know? Um, I, um, Tell me your question again. I'm sorry. That's one of my problems. No, no, you're, 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 you're fine. I'm just wondering, like, because that's gotta be something that is like, is echoed in the back of your head, whether it's other people's actions towards you or, or even just yourself, as far as, um, like not letting your addiction define you. Cause it's something, okay. it is the, it is the biggest thing that happened in your life. Cause it, it caused an amputation and, and it impacted your life for a, a long time. Um, but how do um, you, how do you not let that define you or, or is it something that, you know, you feel like you'll never escape it. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a drug addict now. You know, I'm, I don't define myself as that. Um, I, for a long time, a long, long time, uh, up until probably about the last year, year and a half, um, maybe two, I didn't tell anybody what happened except my family you know, and a couple of close friends. And um, then when I actually, yeah, it's been about a year and a half. It was after I retired. Um, Anybody asks me, I tell them, you know, what happened. And if it helps one person, and I know that's a cliche, you know, but if it helps one person to not do it, um, or to take the chance of overdosing and killing themselves, you know, um, it's worth it. And I, I look at it this way. I, I saved my life or this saved my life, you know, cause like I said, I had overdosed. I know I had, I just hadn't overdosed to the point of death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody has to have their bottom in their moment, um, whether yeah. it's addiction or mental health or, or something that's, 
just impacting your life negatively, you have to have something that kind of just puts you like just you know gives you the little uh, defibrillators and just wakes you up because <laughs> yeah you're going to continue to go yeah. down and that's that's why one of the reasons why I asked you earlier about just you know were was there any signs that you were trying to give out to other people because there's always a part of you in there that's just like oh my god I gotta get clean I gotta I gotta get out of this I gotta stop being so depressed or I gotta stop being whatever it is and then yeah sometimes you th- you shoot up a flare just to just hope somebody sees it so it can help you because you're in at your worst but you just can't you can't stop the train from going in the direction that it's going in right right no it it was bad and you know I mean it wasn't always shooting up if I had pills and no nothing to shoot up then I would take the pills you know but um, you know I just I always and I and I wouldn't do it at work. I do it driving home from work, so it would hit me about the time I'd, you know, I'd get home. If it was pills, if it was the needle, obviously I'd wait till I got home. <laughs> well, not obviously. I guess people do it in their cars now. But um, you know, I I do feel it saved my life um, because it stopped me from doing it. Yeah. And um, I feel like now that I can tell people you know, what, what happened. And that's why I'm doing this. And that's why, um, I joined the entity site on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know, and I did tell my story on there because most of them now, this is where I feel guilty. I feel guilty because I caused it. And a lot of people caused it because, or didn't cause it. They happened because of cancer or accidents or, right, right you know, infection or whatever. And that, I I can't say it's guilt, guilt, like it eats me up, you know, but it, it's a knowledge that I did this to myself, you know. I don't know how much it matters, though, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, like, no. because at the end of the day, you, you have an, you know, you an amputation and it is what it is. The only person that has to live with it is you. Um, but I think a good thing is for you is it, it's a constant reminder of, you know, what you did and what, how bad life can get if you continue to do what you were doing. Cause you're lucky it was only one limb and not multiple, multiple, or oh you're lucky God. you're breathing, you know, you're lucky the problems that you do <laughs> yeah. have right now could have been way worse I'm than lucky what you were taking. I'm my left arm and not my right arm too. <laughs> right. There so, you go. So, you know, it, it, so. It, it's the sacrifice you had to make t- for your actual, whatever, salvation, like for you to actually be you know, happy and try to get out of this horrible place you were in. You had to lose a limb to do it, unfortunately. Right. And I am independent. I, um, you know, there's some things I know aren't safe to do. Um, um, but as far as living on my own, I'm, I'm independent and, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. Um, and also, let's see, I was going to say something else. Um, I forgot. <laughs> this is a, this is an issue. <laughs> it's a lasting issue. <laughs> right. No, it's um, okay. Um, but I mean, the fact that you, you mean, look, you still do have one arm, you still have both legs and then, you know, being on that Facebook group and, oh, yeah. and out in the world, you've seen people that are way worse off than you. you know? Oh, definitely. And I mean, we have a guy right now in that group that's getting ready to die and he wanted to die. Oh. Um, he, he, didn't want to be an amputee. He's got diabetes. He um, mistreated his diabetes and he's dying, you know. So, um, you know, and, and I've met a lot, well, not a lot, but, you know, some, some good friends on that page. Um, have you gotten any other responses? Uh, from some of the other pages, yeah. Not necessarily from that one, but from some other one. There's that one that... Uh, I think it's called like disability entrepreneurs and I've gotten a lot of guests off of there. Uh, I know the guy who runs it. Uh, he's from the UK. Yeah. He's a really good guy. Um, yeah. But one of the things I was going to say about the guy you were talking about, I, you know, it, it's sad because this is not something most people would want me to promote or, or even say, but I, I understand like how some, like how he feels and why he feels that way. Because I don't know, there's, there's a part of me that like understands like why the hell would I want to go through this? And I, I don't even mean just, like an amputation. I mean, anything in my case, your case, uh, and, and, and any other condition that's just so much 
mental and physical pain that you have to go through. Sometimes some people just don't feel that it's like worth it to go through it. Now I, I, I do, oh. I do, but I understand how someone gets to that point where it's just like, look, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be amputated or, you know, have no limbs or, or whatever his problem is. I don't yeah. want to deal with cancer. I don't want to deal with whatever it is. And I just want to die. Um, and yeah, it's sad. I've, I've but, just never but, felt that way. No, I, never. Uh, yeah. thank, I, I, thank goodness. Yeah. For the most part, me I either. But, done yeah. it. <laughs> no, I, I know. I probably would have done it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know I know the other thing I was going to say, and this, this may not be a popular um, opinion, but I am not a fan of the 12-step program. And um, the um, uh, just the whole... I don't know. A lot of a lot of the the um, the tactics they use, yeah. you know, in rehab, and you know, um, they had me so messed up on something different than I was taking to get me off of that, you know. Yeah. And then I got in trouble because I was falling asleep in in the meetings, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And not wanting to go down and eat because I was wanting to sleep. And they were giving me stuff to make me sleep, you know. And it's like, and, and the 12 steps work for some people, but not for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. I think that's everything, uh, though. I think, I mean, you know, there's people that church is everything for them. There's people that, you know, weed is everything, alcohol. You know, there's people that just, right. you know, dieting. There's how many billion different diets there are some some people can lose a shitload of weight and the next person can gain weight on it because they just it doesn't work for them and i think every (laughs) same way with them with the mental health stuff there's so many supplements there's so many you know people tell you to exercise everyone has a different method and some methods work for you that don't work for others and you know obviously the 12-step program is the most popular when it comes to you know drug and alcohol uh Mm -hmm. you know recovery but for you, that's not the way you went about it. But you, you got to where you got to by doing it the way you felt would work. So, I mean. Well, I can, yeah. I can say that when you go to the, the 12-step meeting, um, like the local meeting, you're either going to get help or you're going to get help. You're going to help get help quitting or you're going to find somebody who can find you something. And they're always there. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're my actual um sponsor showed me Vicodin one day because it didn't look like what she was used to. She's my sponsor, <laughs> you mm. know, and she's throwing my pills in front of me. I mean, her pills, but, but what I love, you know, one of the things I love and, you know, I mean, that's just, nah, it doesn't work really. I mean, not, not for me. Um, but uh, anyhow, I, you know, it, I did quit. And I'm glad and my family's glad and my, my family is the most important thing that keeps me alive. Yeah. And I'm sure when you get to look at those grandchildren, like that's, maybe that's the high you you can chase now where it's just their happiness because obviously (laughs) grandma's not around anymore. That, you know, that upsets the boundary of of the family. Oh yeah. That's my, my daughter keeps saying, you know, they would know, they would know and they would you know, they love you and they feel it, you know, so, and I would never do that to them. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I want to keep them. I've, I've, I'm the happiest. I moved here in January. I'm the happiest I've ever been. (laughs) And, you know, I am on medications that, that, uh, this, uh, pain doctor, um, he wanted to address the phantom pain with, antidepressant type medications and so he works with my um psych nurse practitioner as well in deciding what to prescribe me and so i'm on a kind of a variety of things where i'm um before i was on you know like one or two things but now these things are supposed to work together to help the phantom pain so they're not (laughs) Hmm. We're trying, so. It's all right. You're trying. That's all that matters. At least you're, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. 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 It's, it's probably a little better than it was. But. Yeah, but I mean, you're, again, your happiness. You're happy, so that's that's all that matters. And 
it may not be perfect, but you know, it never was anyway. So. Hey, right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I thank you for, for coming on. I hope, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to say? I didn't want to cut you off. Um, no, um, just, um, if anybody has an issue and wants to reach out, you feel free to somehow give them my information. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if you had anything to promote, but I could always, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, to, to just help them through, um, an addiction or, or an amputation or whatever, you know. Yeah, well, when when the episode comes out, it's close. I'll get some information out of you and put it in the link. And all right, you know. Uh, but yeah, Sounds thank great. you. I'm very happy that you're obviously sober, but also just happy. That's that's always the most important thing. And you know, obviously, yeah. if you need anything, you're more than welcome to reach out. Uh, all right, and we'll keep in touch. And like I said, thank you again for coming on. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Bye. Bye. Hey right, guys, I'm sorry for my shitty voice and how I'm feeling, but <coughs> there we go. There's the cough that I, I, I coughed a few times, but I muted it. And so now you get to hear my cough. I know myself that you all watch it. Bullet wasn't laying here with me, but he's now in his little cat tree. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned on here, I build him a cat tree. Uh, well, I mean, there was directions. I didn't just make it out of scratch, uh, but he's up there. He's, he's relaxing. He's happy. Um, and I started taking these serum tears. I'm just giving you a quick little update on me. Uh, these blood serum tears where they compound the blood and whatever else is in it with, with some, uh, saline. And I shoot it in my eyes four, uh, four times a day. I shouldn't say shoot cause that sounds like a needle, but you know, squeeze the bottle. There you go. Um, I still have to take two more today. And so I take about 14 drops in my right eye by itself. Uh, and that was bullet yelling. You all right, buddy? What's the matter? Oh, he's oh, he went up to the the final the final stage of his uh, cat tree. The very top part is his uh, tower. That's where he sleeps. That's uh, bedtime up there, and then nap time is in the little uh, basket area that he sleeps on the cat tree. There's there's a condo, and that's what they call it, and, and uh, a hammock. Uh, so he's got a whole little setup. But he uh, he did his little stretch, and now he uh, the, 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 I guess the the area that he was laying on was just his, uh, that's like the lookout spot where he looks out the window because it's kind of leveled with the window. But the top part, the tower, that's, yeah, that's that's his, like, bed. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so I'm taking those drops and many other drops and, uh, you know, just trying to keep my mind right. And it's, it's up and down, just been feeling depressed and lonely and whatever else is new. But I'm still kicking, so... What are you going to do? Um, and I watched that show Euphoria and that show fucked me up because that's also something similar to this topic with her because um, lots of drug, drug use and depression. So, um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening and continuing to go on. I just, like I guess I haven't done one of these in a while because, I don't know, just wasn't feeling it. And I also, not even I wasn't feeling it, I just, I don't want to get so far ahead either. I don't want to have 300 guests lined up and then uh, you know I can't you know I have to start putting them out two a week or I have to I don't know I, I just I don't want to get so far ahead that I can't tell people when their episodes coming out because I really don't know um because I have a, I've had this up ep- I've had this episode done for months like when this episode comes out it'll be like at the end of uh it'll be towards the end of 2022 and you know, just because I've had it done for months. Um, but anyway, guys, I have to cough. I want to get out of here. I hope you all are well. Uh, everybody look out for each other as best you can. And, um, you know, somebody's going through something, I'll try your best to lift them up. Uh, and if you're happy, stay happy. But if you want to, you know, help bring people to your level because, you know, that shit's infectious. When you're happy, you know, you can really keep it but also invite others to what you're going through and, and allow them to be happy. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish, people, please. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I feel like shit. Uh, I'm probably not even going to hit the right button, so I will see you guys later. But boy. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Yay. All right, now I'm going to hit the right button. Mm-hmm.